This morning, I was pondering on the thought I'm about to share with you when, and this happens to me reasonably often because I have this weird sort of role in lots of people's lives where they reach out for questions or thoughts or whatever it might be. Well, anyhow, as I was pondering this morning on today's thought, I got a text from a good friend. She's part of our Anchor Fellowship. And she was reaching out because she had received a series of somewhat mocking texts from someone in her life that were kind of making fun of her pursuit of Jesus, of the fact that she appeals to him in prayer, that that she goes to him in moments of need and crisis. And so she shared with me some of the things that this person had texted to her and they were a little rough and she just didn't know how to respond back or how to feel about the whole thing. And so in light of what I'm about to share with you, I'll actually just share with you what I said to her. I wrote back, well, my unvarnished thought is that every human being is on a personal, solitary journey through the years of their human existence. It is for each of us to seek out, to learn, to identify a path toward truth, toward life, toward God that is not only meaningful, but also meaningfully actually arrives us in the presence of truth, life, and God himself. And I have found that the only viable path is through the person, the personality, the life, death, resurrection, and alive presence of Jesus of Nazareth. That's the journey you're on too. And if they don't want to engage with Jesus, meaning the other person, that's for them to decide. But it's highly important that at the very least, he seek out something. The human journey is singular. We only do it once. Not to seek is not to live. So that was my text back to this uh, friend this morning. And then that's actually what I was wanting to talk about today. Because the group of people that I like to sometimes read the most are a group of people that the early church actually referred to as virtuous pagans. And these are uh, philosophers and thinkers, a lot of whom predated Jesus and maybe didn't really even have access to the Judaic writings. And so these were people who were so relentless to know about the higher things, the, the truth about God, about the secrets of what the inner life is all about, that quite frankly, they stumbled upon some very heavenly thoughts. These are thinkers like Socrates, Plato, uh, Cicero. One that I would include, who actually comes and lives in the time of the early church, he's one of my favorites, is, is Epictetus. And so in his own relentless searching, trying to figure out what is the divine, what is truth, I want to share with you just one quote of his that I, 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 I love. I think it's beautiful. Epictetus writes, Now the philosophers say that the first thing we must learn is this, that there is a God and that he provides for the universe and that it is impossible for a man to conceal from him not merely his actions, but even his purposes and his thoughts. Next, we must learn what God is like. For whatever his character is discovered to be, the man who is going to please and obey him must endeavor as best he can to resemble him. If the deity is faithful, he also must be faithful. If free, 
he also must be free. If beneficent, he also must be beneficent. If high-minded, he also must be high-minded, and so forth. Therefore, in everything he says and does, he must act as an imitator of God. Doesn't that elevate the game? Doesn't that make you realize, wow, that is so simple that we can only help to turn around and apply it to the reality of Jesus. And I love that ending. He must act as an imitator of God. One of the greatest writers around that idea of imitation is, of course, Thomas Akempis. And the opening dialogue in his book, The Imitation of Christ, is so perfect around this theme. I just want to read a little bit at length to you in it. So, this is from chapter one in The Imitation of Christ. Listen. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, says our Lord. In these words, Christ counsels us to follow his life and way if we desire true enlightenment and freedom from all blindness of heart. Let the life of Jesus Christ, then, be our first consideration. The teaching of Jesus far transcends all the teachings of the saints, and whosoever has his spirit will discover concealed in it heavenly manna. But many people, although they often hear the gospel, feel little desire to follow it because they lack the spirit of Christ. Whoever desires to understand and take delight in the words of Christ must strive to conform his whole life to him. Of what use is it to discourse learnedly on the Trinity if you lack humility and therefore displease the Trinity? Lofty words do not make a man just or holy, but a good life makes him dear to God. I would far rather feel contrition than be able to define it. If you knew the whole Bible by heart and all the teachings of the philosophers, how would this help you without the grace and love of God? Vanity of vanities, all is vanity, except to love God and serve him alone. And this is supreme wisdom, to despise the world and to draw daily nearer the kingdom of heaven. It is vanity to solicit honors or to raise oneself to high station. It is vanity to be a slave to bodily desires and to crave for things which bring certain retribution. It is vanity to wish for long life if you care little for a good life. It is vanity to give thought only to this present life and to care nothing for the life to come. It is vanity to love things that so swiftly pass away and not to hasten onwards to that place where everlasting joy abides. So to bookend that, I want to go back to another same virtuous pagan, my friend Epictetus, because in that same work I just read before, he simply says this, the task of philosophy is this, to examine and to establish the standards. But to go ahead and use them after they have become known is the task of the good and excellent man. Friends, what's so overwhelming about the way of Jesus is that the way of Jesus is the way who is Jesus. For us, the art of living is the imitation of the one who is life. 
all that we believe, the philosophy, the theology of this thing that we sort of overarchingly call Christianity is simply the Christ. It's Jesus. And so my prayer for my friend with that text message and for her friend who is struggling through life and not finding a higher thing to attach his life to is that you and I would model the glory that it is to imitate Jesus, to read in the gospels, maybe one day at a time to seek for one thing that he's asking you to personally imitate and to do. Because if all of us go after only that man and his teachings and his simple, uh, humble life, we will actually show the world what this whole thing is about. That's the goal. That's the hope. And it's our job. So let's go do it. Thanks for listening.